Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining me again this week on Fork and Socket. I'm that podcast bad boy. I'm that podcasturbator. That's right. Right now, as I'm talking to you, wherever you are in the world, I'm podcasturbating all over your eardrums like some type of twisted Chester Franklin bukkake. And I appreciate you for being there for me to podcast or bait on. Because it's just not the same when you do it alone. I need everyone now that's here listening to... Okay, if you're eating spaghetti, I need you to untwist your forks or maybe you're eating a TV dinner. Untwist the noodles off your forks. Pull your forks out of your, your backyard barbecue... Or your chicken fried steak TV dinner. And, and well, lick, lick it off. Clean, clean off the fork and then hold it up in unity. Because we are now 20 episodes strong. Hold your forks up in solidarity. Because we're a family now. And we're a team. And just know when you lift your fork up. Someone else around the world is also holding their fork up at this exact moment. And no matter how you feel about the social landscape in the United States or the political landscape in the United States, know that you have a place here, no matter what your beliefs are. Not you, Nate. Fuck. Hold on. Nathan. Put your fucking spork down. That's not a fork. I know you just came from Taco Bell, but that's not a fucking fork. It's not even really a spoon. Get the, you know what? Get the fuck out of here. You're fucking up my episode. And you don't even get to listen to this shit when I'm done. You can't even help me edit. Just get the fuck out of here, Nathan. Okay, so, um, anyway, before I was rudely interrupted by this disrespectful behavior, this motherfucker's holding up a spork. This is fork and socket, not spork and socket. Anyway, um, I want to get into one thing, and then I'll get into my story. Um, The one thing before I get into my story is I get asked a specific question a lot. Chester, who are you going to vote for? Who are you going to vote for, Chester? Who are you going to vote for? Who are you going to... Every time I turn around, and I guess once you become a podcaster, your opinion matters a little more to the people that do listen to you, and I don't really get too political, and I'm not going to make this too political. I'm just going to say a few things, and we're going to move on to the main topic. Um, Look, I don't like either candidate that's running for president right now, but let's just say that I had to choose between the two. That I absolutely had to. I think that they're both poor candidates, and I would vote for whoever could um, go to an elementary school and complete a hopscotch course from numbers one all the way up to 10, and then hopscotch backwards all the way from 10 back down to one. And if one of them stumbles, if Trump stumbled or Biden stumbled, You're out of there. 
I'm voting for the one that, that can complete the course. Or maybe because they're both kind of, you know, perverted. Um, let's get some young girls. We'll, we will have protection for them. No, We're not going to allow any of these candidates to touch them. But um, give the girls some jump ropes. A jump rope for each hand. And let's do a double dutch competition. And I will vote for whoever can survive the longest in double dutch because we do need a president that has energy right i mean i I would think so i don't know but i would think so but yeah so that's who i'd vote for out of those two whoever can complete hopscotch or double dutch has my vote but alternatively think about this and this isn't discussed enough a third party candidate I might like to vote for a third party candidate and neither of them, you know, neither of, of the main runners. I might want to vote, you know, uh, Cocoa Pebbles or Fruity Pebbles, you know, Fred Flintstone and Barney Rubble. They came out, what, in the 1950s um, onto our airwaves or our, our, our TVs and stuff like that in the 50s and here we are, 2020. They've seen where this country was and what it's become, and they're still around. They have delicious cereal. Barney Rubble would obviously be vice president. Fred has to be the president. But as a, as a third-party candidate, you know, I'll, I'll vote Fruity Pebbles all the way, all day, every day. Well, maybe Cocoa Pebbles, because Cocoa Pebbles, at least when you eat that, your, your milk turns into chocolate milk if you leave the cereal in there long enough. Hell, I have this infected toe because I also believe we have we need a strong leader. I have an infected toe on my left foot, and it's the big toe. It's the most important toe for balance and so forth. I, or maybe even the fungus. The fungus would be the vice president, and my toe would be the president. I've had this infection on my toe for nine months. I've had antibiotics. I've soaked my toe. I clean it every day and this infection will not go away. But I always keep my balance. The toe hasn't spread the infection where I need to get it cut off or cut my leg off. I think instead of Trump or Biden, I might vote for my infected toe and that's my right as an American. As some of you may or may not know, you can vote for whoever you want. There is a part on the ballot, a section on the ballot where you can vote. You can write in. It's, it's called, considered a uh, protest vote. But you don't have to vote for these two people. So I'll probably write in my infected toe. Either that or uh, Fruity Pebbles or Cocoa Pebbles or maybe even Captain Crunch. I just don't know who his running mate would be. It has to be somebody that can stand up to the two main candidates. That's the, that's the important thing. I um, have come to the conclusion, though, as far as the presidential election, that it really doesn't matter who I vote for. And I get, I get very tired of uh, talking to people about this. It really doesn't matter who I vote for because I'm in California. And since the 1940s, California has been a blue state. I would even say maybe back into the 1930s when Franklin Delano Roosevelt was president. 
he created unemployment insurance. He can, um, it was called the Great New Deal. And he formulated uh, welfare and he, he formulated retirement. All these things that we enjoy today in America is, is due to Franklin Delano Roosevelt during the Great Depression. And he told the American people that they have received a bad deal. So he called this rollout the Great New Deal. And before that, California was Republican. It was a red state. But it became a blue state after that, after that point. So the 1930s, 1940s, a little history for you. Which means, especially considering the Electoral College, no matter who I vote for, I don't care if if I vote for my infected toe. I don't care if I vote for, I don't know, my parakeet or my dog. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, Biden's going to win California. Like, there's not really any say to that. So enough of the politics. Let's get into uh, a little bit of comedy here. Um, Joe Rogan said that that The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, that he should run for president. Okay, fair enough. But who would be his vice? I say X-Pac. And if you don't remember X-Pac, now I'm getting into WWF talk here, some wrestling. If you don't remember X-Pac, I need you to to tickle your memory a little bit. Put your forearms together in the shape of an X. Cross them over one another. Keep your hands nice and stiff. Your fingers nice out, you know, out nice and straight. And then slam that X and slam your hands, your stiff hands against your thighs and yell, suck it. And that's X-Pac. And that's what he stood for. And that's what I stand for. Who doesn't want a blowjob? Gay, straight, even lesbians suck on, you know, strap-ons. I don't know why, but they, from what I've seen, you know, in porns and stuff, they, they do that. Isn't that who you want for vice president? And he was around before The Rock, actually. X-Pac, he was my favorite wrestler because... He's been around even before Tupac spelt his name different. You know, Tupac is always T-U-P-A-C. That's, that's his name. But he started putting a number two. X-Pac has been around even before that in the WWF and then telling everyone, a stadium full of people, to suck his dick. And that, between him and The Rock... Altogether, they do have my vote. And I say all of that to say this. About 2006, I was a junior in high school. And, you know, I used to, all four years in high school, I used to get in a fight. I knew that if I got in two fights per year at the school, I would get suspended. So I would do one fight every year, but I would really put on a show. Like, 
you know, I was a real showsman. Because I knew I was going to, you know, win the fights. I'm, I'm, I was a good fighter, even though I was probably only 135 pounds, probably soaking wet at that age. And I was only about five foot eight, so I was a small little guy. But uh, I could rock you. I could rock your world. R.I.P. Michael Jackson. I wasn't trying to take the name of your song, but I, I, I could rock your world. And my junior year, um, the fight that I chose to have to, to get me suspended but not expelled, it was in my woodshop class. And I really liked woodshop, but I didn't really know what I was doing too much in woodshop. I didn't really know how to make tables or chairs or boxes or, you know, I could probably figure it the fuck out, but we had other machines that would like carve like cool designs. And I'm, I'm sorry, I forget what it's even called when you do that, but you kind of carve, you put the machine on the side, you route it, I think it's called, you route, it's a router and you can make these really cool designs. You can make a square box actually look more, um, have more dimensions and look more refined. And I really love this class. I ended up really loving this class and I want to do another episode specifically on the class itself. But um, it was my first week, I believe, and I was in woodshop, my first period class. And there was this dude in the corner minding his own business. He was like, it was at a drafting table. A drafting table is pretty much a table that has paper, a giant pad of paper. I mean, a really big pad of paper and like a light over it. And you can kind of measure out a grid on the paper and you draw out your design. And then from that design, somehow you take a piece of wood and you cut that design out of the wood. Like you apply the paper to the wood and then copy the same, the same, I don't know, inches and centimeters and stuff. And anyway, you can make like a silhouette of something. You could really carve something out of wood. I'm sorry, that's kind of boring, but this kid was doing this. And I think he was a year older than me, but he's over there. He obviously knows what he's doing. And one thing that I hate is when someone around me is like more confident about themselves than I am about myself. And I admittedly don't know, didn't know anything and still know very little about wood and woodworking. So I see him over there and he's kind of a rocker kid. Um, me and some of my friends nicknamed him Slayer because he always wore Slayer shirts, concert shirts. And he was a self-proclaimed uh, Satanist. And he used to be a Jehovah Witness and then he became a Satanist. I found this out later on. But my first approach to him, I seen him over there at the drafting table. And I was like, okay, this, this person knows more than me. How can I put them down to kick their confidence down a notch? How can I bring them down to my level? Let me think. Mm. So I said, hey, faggot, what are you drawing? And I didn't know this kid from a can of paint. I don't know where, where all that came from. But he kind of looks up at me and just kind of... And looks back down. Doesn't even pay me no mind. That's another thing I hate. When I insult you... I want a reaction. If you don't react, what do I do next? I don't know how to do anything in this whole wood shop. 
What am I going to do if I can't insult you and get a reaction? Go, I don't know, go jerk off in the corner or something? In the wood room? or What the fuck am I supposed to do? So I said, hey, I was talking to you. Because I was like a, I was kind of like a bully a little bit. I didn't bully everybody, but I was a real, a real fucking douchebag in high school. I said, what are you drawing, faggot? And I'm sorry, that's going to offend a lot of people that I keep using that word, but that's just where I was at 16 years old. This was 14 years ago, people. I'm a new man. Well, this kid wasn't, wasn't biting the bait. And he wasn't stepping to me. He wasn't insulting me back or anything like that. I wasn't really getting a reaction, but he had a friend standing next to him, kind of overlooking his work, seeing how his, his draft was going for whatever he was going to do with wood later on. And so the friend, he looked like a hillbilly. He looked like he was like splotchy pink. He had really yellow buttery teeth. He looked like I couldn't smell him. I never got too, you know, close enough to smell him, but he smelled like, or I envisioned him smelling like Cheetos or like pepperoni pizza and Mountain Dew. Or I can imagine like going to his house to go play, you know, Nintendo 64 or something. And just his house smelling like a lot of like white trash people from where I'm from in, um, in Rodeo and stuff. Like a lot of, a lot of their houses smell like cat pee, methamphetamine, and, and cigarettes. He looked like that kind of, that kind of person. I'll keep his name out of it, but he stepped up for his friend. And I, I have to respect him for that. He said something smart to me, and this is the whole thing, is I was so stunned that he, that he said something to me. Looking the way he looks... And the way I envisioned him to smell that he would even say something to me, but he stepped up for his friend. He's like, something, something, something. So I guess you're the faggot. Oh, oh, oh. not only did I just, I just didn't get what I wanted from his friend. Now I got what I wanted, but from the wrong person. Now he's engaging me and now he's insulting me. And now I have a fight. And I waited all summer to go to school to get into a fight. You know, I fought outside of school, of course. But I was waiting all summer so I can go to school and give everyone a show. Like a real rock or X-Pac, you know, a real WWF wrestler. So here I am, the showman I am. And now everyone's listening. Everyone's kind of looking like, ooh, just called Chester a faggot. So... I'm like, okay. I noticed that he had a girlfriend. I seen him around campus and he had a girlfriend. Chubby, chubby ass girlfriend, right? So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna hit him where it hurts. He just called me a faggot. Now I'm gonna double up on hate. So I said, well, look, man, fine. But I would rather be gay then fuck that fat-ass bitch that you're fucking. Ooh, that's all you hear all around the room. Ooh. Because we haven't really, like, started learning anything yet in the first week of Woodshop. You just kind of, like, learn, like, okay, this is a T-square. All right, this is a drill bit. Here's some book work. Like, you don't really just get straight to the, the hardware, you know? So kids, they're going to be kids. 
teens are going to be teens. And so we got real mean with each other real quick when we, you know, with all that time on our hands. Idle hands are a devil's workshop, especially in woodshop. So, yeah, I said I'd pretty much rather be gay than to fuck his fat bitch. And then there was like a, a metal fold out chair kind of against the wall that I, you know, and I sat down and I crossed my arms so satisfied with myself. Threw one of my legs up over the other. I looked like, you know, I don't know, Johnny Carson or David Letterman. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, you know, or like a businessman. Like, I, I thought I really just said some big shit and I had the confidence to sit down after I just insulted him and his woman like that. And I just looked at him with this big grin on my face. It reminds me of like Donald Trump's grin. I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do about it? I just, I just, call, I just rather said, said I'd rather be gay than to fuck your fat bitch. And what are you going to do about it? <laughs> I'm very smart. I'm very, I'm very quick with the quips. What I didn't expect was that he was actually going to approach me, which he did with his fist balled. So while I'm sitting down on the chair, which is against the wall, so my back is against the wall. Now I have this very angry hillbilly kid standing over me with his fist balled and I am defenseless. There's only so much you can defend yourself if someone chooses to hit you while you're just sitting there with your back against the wall. But he fucked up in a way because he gave me time to get up and I grabbed him by his wrists and pulled myself up to my feet. You know, if he was going to hit me, he should have been did it. He would have definitely had the opportunity. I don't know if he wanted a fair fight, but there is no fair in fighting in my beliefs. So I cocked back from about a two, three foot distance. I don't know how long my arms are, but from a very close distance, I couldn't cock back that much. And I had to be quick. Bow! Socked him right in the fucking, right in the side of his face and cocked his head to the side. And back in those days, you know, I broke a jaw. I actually broke my woodshop teacher's son's jaw. And I will, again, next podcast that I talk about woodshop, I'll bring that whole thing up. But uh, usually at that age... When I hit somebody, something happened, you know, usually they would fall or something, you know, or they would be like, what the fuck? Hella confused or something, you know, the crazy part was this kid, he barely moved. I socked him. He stumbled a little bit, but he didn't fall. And then he just kind of stood like that for a second with his head turned. So I'm getting ready to, you know, sock him again. I really, you know, I'm about to drop him this time. I'm going to, you know. But then he did this like evil thing. It, it seemed so evil to me at the time, even though I was being the evil one. But it reminded me of like a horror movie. And he just started like gritting his teeth uh, and breathing hard. Uh, uh, and slowly turn his head like he was fucking, I don't know, it or an, the exorcist or some shit. I don't really watch horror movies, but I'm sure you get the idea of what I'm talking about. And he slowly looked at me and his, he kind of put his head down. So he's looking at me, but like his eyebrows are kind of partly covering his, you know, it just looked really evil. 
his eyebrows are kind of partly covering his eyes. He's like looking upward, but his face is pointed downward. So he's kind of look, you know, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but I hope you do. And he starts to slowly come at me. At that point, I know I'm going to have a fight on my hands. And I just gave this dude a sucker punch. And that's usually the best punch to give somebody to throw them off their game. But this dude obviously ate that shit and spit it out. So now I have a real fight on my hands and I immediately felt weak. Like, oh, okay. I need to hit him with something harder. So I kind of start backing up. But again, at this time, all my classmates, you know, this is my junior year. So this is my third fight just before I even graduated. This is my third fight in school, in high school. And so everyone's already expecting me to win. I always win. But now this dude is really threatening my record. So I have too much pride, you know, to just let him, him whoop my ass, even though, I, you know, I started the shit. So I grabbed a fold-up chair. There was another one as I was backing up. You know, I got away from the wall and everything after I punched him, but I'm, I'm he's kind of backing me up down, you know, down the classroom a little bit. And I'm not about to let him hit me. So as I'm passing some of the tables, the woodshop tables where we would sit at the beginning in the morning and stuff, I, I pulled up a fold up chair and I did a real WWF move. I did a real X-Pac move and I folded that chair up. And at first I was kind of poking at him poking at him with the uh with the legs of the chair of the metal chair kind of like those cartoons uh where the the character is poking at the lion like stay back stay back and they also have the whip and then the you know the lion goes Roar! so i'm kind of just kind of poking at him keeping him back but he's not stopping so i throw the chair over my head and whack hit his ass hit his ass right over the fucking head and i put on a show for everyone everyone's like oh you know even the woodshop teacher he was watching the whole time that this was going on he was so cool he was just sitting back just watching he had a smirk on his face like he wanted to see this shit happen but then he finally stepped in after i hit this kid with the chair but he didn't fall again he still didn't fall he didn't fall from my punch he didn't fall from the chair and that's completely against what I'm used to when I punch somebody. And it's completely not what I'm used to when, you know, I watch wrestling. Like, in wrestling, in the ring, everyone falls when they get hit with a chair. And that's how now I know wrestling really isn't real. And so I got suspended. And that was that. I never had no problems with the kid afterwards. And it still was a story. And the good thing is, you know, I didn't I didn't really win or lose. And I was still able to come back to school to a very fun class. And I got to try out some some WWF moves. And then there was no consequences. So. That's just a memory. That's a story from from my junior year. I hope you got through the 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 political part my political intro into the comedy part. And I hope that I at least got a chuckle out of you, but it is a real life story. There's not, you know, really too many jokes to plug in there, but this podcast is supposed to be about daily events. So I had to throw in a little of the politics. I won't do it often. It's not what this podcast is necessarily about, 
but then just, you know, stories about my life. They're just stories that should shock and entertain you. They're not always going to, you know, have you on your ass laughing. I hope that they do, but that's just a story from my past. And again, for a third time, I do want to actually do a full episode on, uh, my teacher in woodshop. I mean, it was a really funny, crazy <laughs> class and, and RIP to him. And I don't want to say his name. I wouldn't want to tarnish his name. He was a real good dude, but my woodshop teacher, he was, he was the best. So thank you for tuning in again for another episode of Fork and Socket. And I will see you next week or you will hear me next week. Until then, I love you. Bye-bye.